0: Draft Zion Johnson at 23 overall. It's draft day. Britton Golden, former Arizona Cardinal, joins me for a couple segments to talk about what he thinks regarding Kyler Murray versus Arizona Cardinals and the current state of the Cardinals. Alex Lancey, Locked On Cardinals. Here we go. You are Locked On Cardinals. Your daily Arizona Cardinals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team. Every day, welcome in. Locked on Cardinals, Alex Clancy here. Follow me on Twitter at Clancy's Corner. Follow the podcast at Locked on AZ Cards. Thank you for making Locked on Cardinals your first listen each and every day. Um, I'm not sure if you've noticed this week. What I will be doing moving forward is I will be posting the podcast you listen to as normal midnight of the day, you know, for it to be listened to, I will be posting it on YouTube the night before. So for the Tuesday podcast, you'll be getting it early 6 PM Pacific on Monday night. And that's going to go throughout um, until I want to change it. I just feel like if you want to have dinner and some Cardinals at the same time, you can do it instead of checking out at 10 AM Pacific, like I used to post it. Uh, so Little programming note: uh, You can check me out today also on Locked On NFL Thursday uh, with Tyler Rowland as we break down the draft. Uh, I'm going to keep this first segment very short because we've talked about this already. It's draft day. I haven't changed my mind. I don't have a reason to. In my opinion, uh, the second and third segment, Britton Golden, former Arizona Cardinals, going to join me. Uh, one of my one of my good friends that I've made over the years. Um, he has great insight. Played with the Cardinals during the Bruce Arians years, and you know. He had a front row view of what it was like the last time the Cardinals won 10 games in a row consecutively. And I'm going to get his thoughts on Kyler Murray and, and, you know, and the current state of the Arizona Cardinals plus who he thinks the Cardinals should draft position wise at 23 overall first Zion Johnson, 23 overall, if available draft him. please nothing works. If Kyler Murray's not protected, I know it's not a sexy pick. I know a wide receiver would be more fun to watch. I also know for every Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson, there's ten Denzel Mimses or John Rosses. You know, like I know the wide receivers are more ready for the NFL game sooner now. But if even if Jamison Williams drops, okay, the kid out of Alabama with Torres ACL, there is no guarantee he's going to play Week One. It's Kyler Murray's last year as rookie scale deal as currently as currently sit as where we sit currently. He hasn't gotten his new contract extension. You know, I think drafting Zion Johnson to shore up the left side of the offensive line is a no doubt about it home run choice because instead of drafting Tristan Worcester or Jedrick Wills in 2020, they drafted Isaiah Simmons. Instead of drafting a corner and edge rusher in 2021, they drafted Zayvon Collins. They didn't draft for need in either of those drafts. Steve Kive needs to draft for need, in my opinion. And the biggest need the Arizona Cardinals have is protecting Kyler Murray because once again, if Kyler Murray is not protected, None of this works. None of this works. You could coerce me into a potential trade back. I don't think trading up with the lack of capital the Cardinals have in the first two rounds is a good idea, especially if it's for a wide receiver. That being said, I feel like that's exactly what Steve Kime will do, because what we will see, in my opinion, on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday of the draft, is Steve Kime is going to overcorrect like he normally does, and draft a running a wide receiver in the first round, a running back in the second round, and he will now be able to say, Kyler Murray got all the weapons, man. Go do something with it. That's what I think will happen. What I would love to happen is Zion Johnson being the newest member of the Arizona Cardinals come Thursday night. And um, I'm excited to see what happens. Britton Golden up next. I I full disclosure, I recorded this about an hour ago. We're, we talk for 30 minutes, and you want to stay around for all 30 minutes because if you want insight into what Steve Kime is like as a GM, if you want insight into how the Cardinals run their organization compared to the social media world in which we live now, Britain Golden will give it all to you for 30 minutes in two segments. You do not want to miss it. That's next. First, Blue Nile. Mother's Day is coming up, man. It's coming up. So, whether she prefers a statement piece or everyday, you know, subtle elegance, Blue Nile.com has fine jewelry for whatever mom wants. Shop high quality classic diamond earrings, elegant tennis bracelets, or gemstone pendant necklaces. Looking for jewelry, but having trouble because you don't know where, where you should look or what you should get? Blue Nile has jewelry experts on hand 24 7, available via phone or chat to help you find a memorable gift at every budget. Make Mother's Day, you know, do it this way, like market, you know, signify it with something enduring classic diamond stud earrings, elegant tennis bracelets. As I mentioned, like there's so much more blue Nile.com celebrating the special woman in your life. As you should go to blue Nile.com and you can easily navigate thousands of fine jewelry options at every price point. This is mother's day. Give mom something. She'll treasure forever with fine jewelry from blue Nile.com and locked on sports. Our listeners, us, you more so. I talk, you listen. You get 50 bucks off a purchase of 500 bucks. This podcast exclusive is only good through Mother's Day. Use promo code locked on. That's code locked on. Plus, every order is insured, ships free, and arrives in discreet packaging that won't give away what's inside. Shop stress free and find your forever peace. Go to bluenile.com today. It's draft day. Um, for those that have been listening over the course of the last couple months, um, I would love to buy Zion Johnson sprinkle cookies as the new member of the Arizona Cardinals. I'll buy him whatever he wants. Once like once it becomes legal, you know, I want Zion Johnson to be an Arizona Cardinal because remember, Jameson Williams, um, Drake London, Jahan Dotson, none of them can block for Kyler Murray. And I feel like if Kyler Murray is not protected, none of this is going to work. Um, and we're going to find out very soon. Thanks for making Locked Cardinals your first listen each and every day. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Uh, continue to reach out on Twitter. I love it. Agree, disagree, doesn't matter to me. Let's have some fun with this. And we are, you know, less than 12 hours away from finding out if Steve Kime has done something that he hasn't done pretty much since he took over as GM, was draft somebody of immediate impact in the first round. I mean, not named Kyler Murray. And I guess that's not necessarily fair to Dayon Buchanan and TJ Humphreys. But, um, yeah, it's going to be interesting. I'm excited to get this dude on because he's from Texas, and that bothers me. Um we became friends when I would when I was working in Terrestrial Radio a handful of years ago. I played with the Cardinals for the BA years, which is really interesting because that was the last time the Cardinals were potently relevant for a handful of years in a row. And he was a um, good dude. Um, I won't hold the Texas against him now. <laughs> uh, Britton Golden, dude, thanks so much for joining me. Just a little insight before we get into important stuff. The first show that Britton Golden joined us on Kenny and Crash was during the Tide Pod eating ap- uh, <laughs> uh, pandemic Epidemic. And we did a whole segment on kids eating Tide Pods. Now, obviously, it's not good. And, you know, you don't do that. That's the PSA, the more you know. But that's that's how we met was via Tide Pods. And we've come a long way, BG. I appreciate you joining me, man. Come a long way since Tide Pods. <laughs> come yes. a long way. Let's do the Scratch Golf for now. Yeah. Back to Arizona, you know you gotta you gotta follow it up. So you've been around. You got a first row view, obviously, of the Arizona Cardinals being an employee for four years, and a, 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 you know, among other teams, you you spent seven or seven or eight years in the league. Um, yep. Looking at it as an outsider right now, Kyler Murray, new age, um, social media agent with the with the letter penned in all caps. And Michael Bidwell, Steve Kime in the Mesozoic era of we don't do that social media stuff, just clashing over and over. Neither side relenting, both wanting to win the urinating contest. W- when you look at this stuff, I know you're a player and usually players side with play, like that, that's not fair. I mean, every situation's different, but you were on the side of Kyler Murray and you weren't on the side of Steve Kime. When you look at this, which side is doing it right, incorrectly, or are both sides kind of flubbing this
1: i think both sides are kind of taking it a little bit further than it needs to be i mean like you said we are as players we want to see every player that plays in this league get as much money from this league as they can before they're out because we all know that at the end of the day they don't care right they use us then they throw us to the curb so we will, will i will always side with a player but at the same time you got to help yourself out a little bit here. Like don't don't keep pushing it and pushing it cuz then you're just hurting your teammates at the end of the day. If you're not there and you're not doing stuff with them, you know, you could ultimately be hurting yourself. But like you said the ownership and upstairs, you have to realize that this isn't the 90s. Right? This isn't the 90s. This is everything is blasted on social media. Everything. And everybody uses it. So I think the biggest thing is where people get caught up just looking at the social media thing. Like for instance, oh, he deleted all of his pictures on, on Instagram. It's like, who cares? <laughs> <laughs> the man is still under contract. I mean, just because he deleted his pictures doesn't mean he's, you know, just, he can't, he doesn't have the power. I mean, he has the power to sit out and not want to play, but, you know, it's, he's still under contract.
0: Yeah, Britain Gold at Britain Gold. How, how do you get like Britain's not that random of a first name? How the hell do you get one of one on Twitter at Britain Gold and on Twitter, former Arizona Cardinals, Chicago Bear, etc.? <laughs> um yeah, you played like so you were there during the golden age of the Cardinals since the since the Super Bowl run. You know, like 10 wins every year, 13 and 3. We can touch on the NFC Championship game in a second, but more importantly, the first week of of 2016 where it was the – expect that was the first time in a while that there were true top-tier expectations for this organization in a long time. You know, 2016, week one, Tom Brady out for the first four weeks due to the flake gate. You got the late Monday night football game. Bill Belichick, who the hell is Jimmy Garoppolo? He comes in. Cardinals are going to sweep the floor. And Chather Canzaro misses a field goal. Jimmy Garoppolo comes in looking like Tom Brady. And that was it. Like, it, And BA was quoted as saying something to the effect of, we couldn't recover after the week one loss. It's like, that's institutional. And that's something that I've talked about a lot. And I try to be positive. I, I do. I do. Britain, I do. <laughs> and it's like, you know, but I think that the truth needs to be discussed. Like, that's an institutional thing. And going back to what you're saying about not being in the 90s, Bidwell and Kime are running this organization like they've won five Super Bowls. It's our way or the highway. Look at the rings, except for there ain't no rings, and we're not in Chicago in the in the mid nineteen hundreds. You know, like yeah. there, there's a long way from that, and I I struggle with trying to understand why there's no flexibility in in draft choices, in free agents, in paying current players. Like the Teron Matthew one's a big one. Patrick Peterson's a different conversation, in my opinion. I feel like he wrote his way out of the Cardinals story requesting a trade in 2018. But when you, when you bring up Honey Badger and I'll let you talk for as long as you want after this, I promise (laughs) they gave him a lot of cheese, a lot. And I know that he was on the field more than most defensive players in the year when he got that contract coming off injury. And then he comes back and he's like, you know what? Pretty much. I gave you too much. I didn't mean to. Can we restructure? It's a Jerry Jones thing. I drafted him. He smoked weed in college. I believe in him. I'm going to give him all the money because I was right. That's a Jerry Jones thing. Demarcus Lawrence, Leighton Vander Esch, Jalen Smith. That's I mean you know that's Randy it.
1: Gregory goes Randy on. Greg everybody goes
0: on. and that's a Kime ish kind of thing. I was right. I'm paying him because it's the right thing to do. What are positives that Steve Kimes bring that Steve Kime brings? And I'm not saying this you know uh, uh, rhetorically. If you can't find a whole lot, but like you were there, he was the second signature on your paycheck, so to speak. Like, what are the positives that maybe the public doesn't see?
1: I mean, at the end of the day, Steve Kahn, he's not a terrible person, right? He's trying to do his job the best that he can, you know, that he feels is the best he can at the same time, right? He's working. He's he's present. You see him. He's not, he's not a recluse. You know, you have some GMs that are just non-existent. You never see them. You have no interaction with them. So, I mean, I think from you know, from a player to a GM standpoint, he tries to have interaction and connects with the players a little bit. So I think that's, you know, that's a big positive, especially as a guy coming in, a free agent coming in, right? When you come in and you have a a decent relationship with your GM, you know, it just kind of, I think that helps the process of people wanting to come.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, and that's good. I mean, like, what he's trying to do with this roster is something that he hadn't done up until trading for DeAndre Hopkins. You know, what they when you were there, it was John Brown, Jaron Brown, J.J. Nelson, and you, and David, then the defense yeah, and David yeah. Johnson. You know, that was it, and that was the game plan. It was, we're going to throw the ball down the field. If you're not going to connect, you're going to hope for the P.I., no risk, no biscuit, B.A., backwards, can let's roll. And yeah. it worked for a long time. You guys were super talented, you know, great a great wide receiver crew, You were – but it wasn't like a – it was different. You had – the veteran leadership was so potent there, especially – I mean, you know, like it was – the team you watched, the team you played for, and the team that we watched wasn't – and I I use this like – I mean, it's not a dig by any stretch. This roster is sexier. That roster was deeper for sure this yeah. one is sexier, DeAndre Hopkins, J.J. Watt, Chandler Jones before he left, Isaiah Simmons the pick instead of drafting Tristan Wirf. Buddha Baker is one of the most fun, he's like your favorite football players, favorite football player, and 100%. you know, like, yes. he's he's built in a lab, and he's, I'm taller than him, pro- <laughs> i probably way more than him, like, I've interviewed him a couple of times, sweet dude, him and J. Simmons both, but like, Kyler Murray, sexiness galore, like, that's where we are now, but... The innards aren't there like it was in 2014, 2016. And it's not BA, it's Cliff Kingsbury. So where do you think, like, we're seeing the culture shift at 23 overall to help this roster. What position, I don't need a name, a position that you think would benefit this roster right now the most?
1: Same position that they needed to start doing the minute I got here. Offensive line. I mean, the biggest the biggest problem that we had, even even in my years, you know. And don't get me wrong, I wasn't on the field, everything like that. I mean, I barely got receiver reps, you know. But you know, I gave me more time to just watch and see and look. And it's not a knock to you know any offensive line we had because we had great guys playing the offensive line. Right? I just I feel like when you look back at all those years you know even our good years right the the only dig that was ever coming in was they can't protect carson right and i feel like as time has gone even after our years you know i i feel like it's gotten worse i mean i feel like you got one of the most dynamic football players playing quarterback on the team right now and he's running for his life <laughs> every every snap he's back there he's got to make somebody miss just a completed throw so I mean if I was the one picking I mean obviously I would I would try to find the best offensive lineman available and take that right I mean I know there's a huge track record in Arizona of going after the fast wide receiver right we've we've Arizona's drafted a wide receiver hell since what every year since 2013 2014, whichever one you be. I mean, it was John Brown, J.J. Nelson, uh, Chad Williams. Yeah. Um, Michael Floyd. Well, Floyd was a year. It, it was, was before. I, yeah, yeah. I was before. So I guess that was 2012, mm-hmm. 2013. Um, and, it, I mean, it's just one of them things where we get it. They're dynamic. And like you said, their roster now is – it does. It, it appears sexy. If you just look at the Cardinals roster just offensively, right, you ain't even got to go to the defensive side yet. But offensively, when you have DeAndre Hopkins, you have A.J. Green, you've got Rondell Moore, who's – although he was just a rookie, like that's Arizona's Debo Samuel. They just have to figure out how to make him into Debo Samuel because he can take the ball out of the backfield. He can catch it in the slot. He can go outside and burn you deep. He can return kicks and punts. Like that's a diamond in the rough. You're not going to find too many of those guys, right? But just that's just the receiver side. You got James Conner coming back. You somehow got Zach Ertz to come back. Like I offensively, this is a, a quarterback's dream. Hell, if you just look back at, you know, AJ Green, and he, you know, he's been hurt, you know, the past couple of seasons and stuff. And for him to come in last year and do what he did, everybody was expecting him just to do nothing. And he was ultimately Kyler's security blanket. Anything went wrong, it was just like, get the ball over there because AJ's over there. At least he'll catch it. Yes, there were times they weren't on the same page, but. You know, that's just coming with playing with somebody for the first time. I just between AJ and DeAndre, that's that quarterback can never be upset about having that.
0: It's really, you know, and I, and I'm glad you said that. You know, we're gonna do. I, I'm. I was planning on doing one segment. We're gonna do two segments. Britain Gold is like one of the one of the dude. You're you're like I've met some cool people. I have people phone numbers I have no business having being in this industry, one of the just the realest, coolest dudes that I've met. And I, I want to do five, five six more minutes with you about this because you were there, like, you could call it the ground floor of of, of the 2000s. Like, sure, there was success in the 2000s. I'm not taking away from the Super Bowl run whatsoever. This is new football, okay? You could play. If you were coming out now, you could play. I mean, your, your skill set was perfect for this, so you have the eye for it. So, obviously, you're a lot smarter in this regard than I am, but just this one. I'm smart than pretty much every other. I mean, I I can't I can't golf. I can't I can't I can't shoot an 84. But
1: and you're from California, so that's...
0: you know. And I hear the people from Texas are soft. You know, that's that's ah. just what people tell me. I that's just what people tell me. <laughs> you Alex Gregory, on Cardinals, Britton Golden. It's <laughs> I I you know what I talked over you on purpose at Britton Golden on Twitter. Um, one more segment here as we wrap up this draft coverage that has been absolutely bonkers and the off season has been even more um, due to pretty much the lack of movement. I want to touch on what you said about AJ green, especially I had Steven Baca um, uh, Kyler's longtime friend and, and trainer on he called AJ green, something different than I'd heard before. Re- I, I'm going to unpack that here in a second. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your sports betting stats and sports info. Uh, find all the latest sports developments, league reviews and news, including this year's basketball playoffs and the start of the Major League Baseball season. Online is your continued source for all your sports waging information from live betting to playoffs, playoffs, eSports, and more. Head to the website or use your mobile device today uh, to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. Thank you for making Locked On Cardinals your first listen each and every day. It's draft day, man. Okay, Locked On We're hosting live coverage of the 2022 NFL Draft from our studios in Dallas with pick-by-pick analysis from our local team experts and draft gurus, including myself. Tune in for all three days. If you're watching YouTube, it's tomorrow. If you're listening, it's today. Um, We're going to guide you through every pick in real time. Starts at uh, 7 p.m. Eastern today, Thursday. uh, Available on the Locked on NFL uh, YouTube channel and the Odyssey app. Britton Golden, former Arizona Cardinal. Uh, had some stops around the NFL elsewhere. Most recently, the New York Giants. I can't believe he didn't make the squad that year. Cannot believe they cut you. Um, that was just me. Uh, follow him at at Britton Golden on Twitter. Um, this insight is invaluable. I want to talk about AJ Green. I want to talk about DeAndre Hopkins because I think that, as you mentioned, you know this roster isn't as deep as it looks. Even though obviously the sexiness is there, JJ Watt leadership that he brings, obviously. The amount of money he's making for the amount of games he played last year um, doesn't necessarily translate, but what he does to the locker room, what he, if you're having your first-round rookie rolling down a, a fairway uh, because you forgot to bring breakfast sandwiches before the season even starts, like, that shows just – it just shows leadership. It shows a shift in where the Cardinals were to where they're going, especially from 2016 through 2018. Um, A.J. Green <laughs> – Kyler Murray calls A.J. Green a demon. That's that's his word to use when a guy is just out of this world talent-wise. There are certain players in the NFL, Julio Jones, wherever Julio Jones lands, this team will find this out about him. The floor is just higher. I don't care if he's 33. It's A.J. Green. Are you kidding me? He's been triple-teamed his whole damn career, and he's putting up numbers in 6'4 outside. He was the safety blanket for Kyler Murray, as you mentioned, when DeAndre Hopkins went out. DeAndre Hopkins, pound for pound, is still a top-three wide receiver to me. He just doesn't get the Devontae Adams targets. Like, the stat that makes me cry was 2020, Devontae Adams had more red zone receptions than DeAndre Hopkins had targets. And that's something that I don't know if it's scheme. I don't know if Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins just didn't mesh at that point, but I feel like what the Cardinals are doing is they're using him more as a decoy than they should. And I'm always one, and I'm sure that you would jump on this too because you play on the offensive side of the ball. Make that lockdown corner prove it. Throw the ball to the best receiver. Hands up. Murray, you know what I mean? So A.J. Green, DeAndre Hopkins, Rondell Moore. For people that say that they need to draft a wide receiver at 23 overall, I know you said offensive line, protect Kyler Murray. Tell me why that's enough. It's enough compared to other teams for sure, but tell me why that's enough for the Cardinals come 2022 with their epic downfall last year after DeAndre Hopkins got hurt.
1: I just think, like you said, between the three of those guys, yes, you obviously need depth. You need guys. But what's the point in drafting a receiver in the first round if you're not going to insert him into the starting lineup immediately? And if you do that here, who are you taking out? Hmm. You're going to put A.J. Green on the bench because you want a non-experienced rookie wide receiver to show up and come in here and just pray that he's an A.J. Brown – or a DK Metcalf type guy, you know somebody, or Jamar Chase is going to come in. Like you, yeah. you don't. Those guys don't show up every year, and that's like you said. It's not a knock against whoever or whatever receiver they might draft at twenty three. I just you're not. You don't always get that Jamar Chase when you come in, and we've all seen it happen every single year. There's always the Mel Kiper that says this guy is the next Julio Jones, the next Calvin Johnson, and he turns out to be, uh, you know, not Denzel Mims. Yeah, I I don't even remember who that is, but yeah, yeah, Jets. All right, it's just one of those things, you know. So I I mean, I just don't, I don't, I don't think it makes sense to draft a first round receiver, third, fourth round. By all means, go after whoever's the best available, but I, I just don't. When you know that protection is the biggest issue that you've had over the past few years, like, I just I just feel like that's got to be your, your main focus.
0: Yeah, and, and, and to to defend Steve Kime, what he did with DeAndre Hopkins, the Rodney Hudson trade uh, that – so for those who don't remember, uh, uh, Britton Golden uh, joining me, I had Britton Golden on Twitter. Um, he, former Arizona Cardinal, he was there during the BA years, and he obviously had a firsthand account on things that, you know, were all things Cardinal uh, the last time the Cardinals were winning games like they did in 2021. Um, for those who don't remember, Rodney Hudson's contract was voided by the Raiders, so he was going to be a free agent. Steve Keim called the GM, I think it was Mike Mayock at that time, said, hey, I'll give you a third-round pick for him so you don't have to go and give him $50 million guaranteed for his services. So that third-round pick was used very well for Rodney Hudson. He's been an all-pro all pro for a long time. I think he was out for COVID last year. He had a nagging injury, missed a couple games, and the and the offensive line plummeted. having mm. Max Garcia at center, et cetera. I agree with you that – because Zion Johnson is my guy. Interior offensive line, left side, Boston College. You sandwich him between DJ Humphreys, who, to Steve Kimes' credit again, one of the best contracts he's ever inked. Three-year 30, DJ Humphreys has played great. He's played exactly yes. to what he's getting paid. Another great locker room dude, one of the best interviews, one of the best – like, he's one of the best. For uh, sure. He, he and Calais are probably my two favorite quotes that, that we have. I mean, they're just – and. But DJ Humphrey swears too much and he knows it. Um, So with Zion Johnson, I feel like that would be something you can set and forget. And the Cardinals don't have a lot of those. Um, I talk about this a lot like, what positions are the strengths of the Arizona Cardinals? What's their strength? And I go to safety, Buda Baker and Jalen Thompson. And what, what else is something that you know is going to show up every Sunday or Monday. And I think offensive line needs to be one for Kyler Murray so he's not running for his life. Now, before we get out of here, I want you to, I want to put a microscope on Kyler because it's easy for me because I, I think this is his agent's fault and I think it's the, the front office not kind of coming in with the times. Where does Kyler Murray need to get closer to the Carson Palmer leadership that we saw in Arizona? I know that he retired and he wanted out. Of, like he didn't have the perfect past either, but he was rock solid as quarterback for the Arizona Cardinals in leadership and play. What does Kyler need to do to get there?
1: I think, I think Car- the biggest thing with Carson is just, he was obviously one of the greatest leaders that we had on the team. Um, he could, you know, yell at you and tell you what you're doing wrong and not make you feel belittled about it, right? At the same time, if you did something, you ran a wrong route you did something wrong, you know, he's not going to just snatch you up or his body language wasn't just like, oh, my God, this guy again, like body language is key for Kyle. And that's what he has to realize. I mean, I know he's been the greatest athlete walking the face of the hurt for his entire life. I mean, he's one of the most storied high school football players in the state of Texas, which that is the biggest accomplishment that you could have ever. You know, it's basically, you know, football in Texas is. Might as well just put in the Hall of Fame now. Um, (laughs) I was just kidding. But, you know, I think his – I think the biggest thing for Kyler is just got to get his body language, right? We know he's talented. We know he can throw the ball. We know he can run. He can make stuff happen on the run and on the fly. I just think when when it's not going his way, I think Kyler just needs to to just, you know, keep the body language positive, you know, keep it in – and just you know, try I, I hate saying not show emotion because I was the biggest one about showing emotion. I mean, you probably saw me F-bombing everybody on the field if you wanted to watch real closely. But right? it was just like I think that's the main thing. I mean, he's he's got the leadership qualities. I mean, we can see it. You know, he's he can do what he's got. He just has to, I think I think he has to believe it. I don't know if he completely believes believe that what? he's got all those. Yeah.
0: But believe what? exactly this that, that believe he can that do he this? has
1: the qualities to be that leader God. you know and i and you know if if he sees this interview you know he'll probably think i'm taking a dig i'm not man I, mm-hmm. I i'm not digging i'm not saying that he's not a leader i'm just saying i think he needs to believe it in his heart right that he can be that guy because that's i think that's where the, the outside noise comes in where you hear these you know, TV analysts and everybody saying he's not a leader. He's selfish. He's this and that. And uh, and it's really just his body language that's portraying that, you know. I just well, think yeah. Once he yeah, figures sure. that out, he will be – it will be fine. Everybody will be on a different wave saying, oh, man, this guy. And it's just like all these – he just needs to make these TV analysts put their own foot in their mouth.
0: Yeah. I mean, because he doesn't have it, – it's interesting you said because, like, Another thing is like, oh, he's not watching film. He's gaming. He's doing – would you rather him out at Old Town Scottsdale at 3 a.m.? Come on, man.
1: He's playing a he's, video game. He's
0: a nerd. Who cares? <laughs> it's fine. Let I'm him.
1: a nerd. Y'all yeah. sitting in this – I got a whole setup sitting right next to me. Yeah,
0: you probably shouldn't tell that many people that. I mean, people already – you know, I mean, just keep that to yourself, Britton. I'm not a game. Like, you know, I, I miss FIFA is what I miss. I don't do the call of duty. I don't do the first person thing. If I got in, I'd probably be 400 pounds. I probably quit this podcast. And I wouldn't do anything else. <laughs> so I'm keeping myself, keeping myself away from it. But no, it's interesting. You say that because he doesn't have anything else to fall back on. He's not loud. He's not like there aren't other leading, like overt redeeming qualities of a leader, you know, that he has. He's led by example, his whole life. Exactly. Always. So you're right. The The demonstrative stuff on the sideline, it looks like it's pouting, regardless of what he's saying, which isn't necessarily fair. But that's all we have to go on. If he's a quiet cat.
1: Yeah, and that's the only thing. Like people see it as is pouting, but and it's just the emotion, right? He's never really lost in his whole football career. He's never really had to deal with losing because he's just he's won. Every, you know, his game, he comes in, he comes to work, he shows up when he's supposed to, right? He wins. So I think this is just, it's different. It's kind of like when um, Odell Beckham was first coming out, right? Mm -hmm. You know, and everybody's like, oh, he's throwing tantrums. He's throwing a fit on the sideline. And you just wanted to be like, if you've never been a professional athlete, hell, just, I mean, a, a great college athlete. If you've never been so wrapped up in this, like, where this is your entire life, I was bad. It just put it to me. When I was a kid, I used to cry when I lost games. I hated it, and it wasn't like I was crying to be a baby. It was just rage, just absolutely filled me because I lost a little league baseball game, right? And it, you know, it's just like the emotion that overcomes you as a professional athlete, as a college athlete, and hell, some of these. I mean, high school. It's just being an athlete in general. Nobody, you're not a good athlete if you just go in like, okay, we lost. There's no good athlete that's okay with losing. Right. Right. So I I just I think the biggest thing is just he's just like I said, he's just got to, he's got to be able to to bottle that up, right? And not show so much emotion. I'm not saying don't show emotion, right? Because that's this part of the game. And you have to. That's you know, that's just your competitor, the competitor in him. But I think it's as the quarterback, you've got to be able to you know, just hold it in and be like, you're the bottom, right? You got, you're the support system of the whole thing. Like Carson was amazing at that. There was a lot of bad times, you know, Carson had games where, you know, he threw two, three interceptions, but when he came back on the field and you got in that huddle with him, you would have thought he'd just thrown seven touchdowns in the same game. I mean, he's in there. He makes everybody, he made everybody feel comfortable in the huddle, whether we were down seven, when we're in Seattle and we're down seven, right? We got to win this, you know, whatever. And we did it every time, you know, it was just to the point where he trusts everybody, right? If you don't make the play, it's not like he's, I'm not coming back to you, right? It's, you just have to believe in what you have and you have to be able to, you know, just lead. And that, And once he figures that out, he, you know, we'll be talking about Kyler Murray for a long time.
0: Yeah. Hopefully in an Arizona Cardinals uniform, you know, and that And obviously Carson Palmer had 10 years on Kyler where he is now. Yes, he got it's there. a lot
1: different. Yes, yeah. But.
0: but I mean, the thing is, and, and we'll get out. I mean, we're going super long. I don't care. Sorry, Ross and David. Uh-huh. I'm not, I'm not going to stop. Um. So um, with, I, 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 I'm gentle with this when I talk about it, because I don't want to directly attack anybody um, in the organization. I, and I say that honestly, like, I think the biggest slight for Kyler Murray has been Cliff Kingsbury's inability to start to mold him into that. And I don't know if that's true, but this is what I've watched. Okay. yeah. When they signed Colt McCoy, like sweet mother. Yes. Another adult in the quarterback room. (laughs) Somebody that's been around. He knows he's going to be a backup barring any sort of injury. This isn't like a, you know, a Jack Del Rio taking a coaching job, hoping that that guy gets fired and he takes over, like what he's done wherever yeah. he's gone. Like, Cole McCoy knows he's going to be a backup. He's going to come in here like a Charlie Whitehurst and sit behind somebody and just be an adult in the quarterback room. And I think that that's where Cliff has failed is is you know is too much. But I feel like that's where Cliff could be doing a better job in expediting that process a little bit. Instead of Kyler having to learn on his own, I like what I remember Kyler Murray as, and we'll get out of here in just a minute. But what I remember Kyler Murray as, what he has inside him, week one, his first game against Detroit at home, they're down three scores, and that sob comes back, and there were Tremaine Brock interception at in the chest plate on Detroit's side of the side of the field. If you were to intercept that ball, the Cardinals win that game. Yes. When and I'm like that's it. Week 1, th- he has that in him. And unfortunately it, it's not out as much as it should be and I think that's on coaching. I do. Is that fair or is that it should be more on the player than 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 what I just said?
1: I mean, it's completely fair cuz I mean, you can look at it from both sides, you know, as as the, on the player side you can sit there and be like look this is this is the highest level of football you can play if you can't get yourself ready to play this game then I don't know what I don't know else but at the same time as you know a head coach who played quarterback mm-hmm. and was in the NFL for a short stint too like he's got to be able to see what's going on with Kyler Kyler's still young in this game this is a completely different game than college football completely different Kyler's this is what you're three you're four this will be year four, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So it's like he's he's still brand new. Like even these guys that everybody's praising, you know, the Josh Allens, they're learning, but they have somebody in there that at the same time can tell them this is what you're doing wrong, this is what you need to fix. And I I don't want to sound like I'm being an a- Cliff Kingsbury anyway, <laughs> but I'm from West Texas. I went to Texas Tech games when Cliff Kingsbury was the quarterback, right? And the man could throw the ball a mile. He would he would leave a game with 600 yards passing all the time. Now, when you go into his coaching career, it's – he didn't win at Texas Tech.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: He had no winning record. And if you look at the year, he went in there early and won big games, and then the end of the year came around and lost. It's just kind of like it faded out. And if you look at the Cardinals football season this last year, they won big games early and then they fell off and they didn't play well. So, I mean, I think what you're saying, is it fair? It's it's very fair. I mean, Cliff needs to find a way to be able to talk to Kyler and let Kyler know and critique Kyler without having to, you don't have to be his friend, right? I'm not saying be an a- to him, but, I understand you're a young coach and he's, you know, he's your head, he's your quarterback. And, but the whole buddy, buddy system, you can be a buddy without being, you know, Oh, it's okay. We'll let you get away with this, blah, blah, blah. And I think that's a lot of what goes on. I think the most of what's going on in that in behind closed doors is I think people are trying to be friends more than winning but at the end of the day, Cliff, you are the coach, right? And he is the player would not fly with BA there was no buddy buddy shit when BA was here sorry I'm cursing it's okay um but you know BA would be your friend right like, like he was portrayed as the cool uncle for forever and he is that guy the one of the greatest coaches ever if not the greatest coach I've ever played under right and I would reverse six years if I could go back and do it I'd do it all over again the same way I wouldn't change nothing right he's a hell of a guy And I think that was the main thing with BA, right? He didn't really treat anybody differently than the other, right? If it, he cussed me out for missing a route and would cuss Larry out right after that for missing the same route. So it's not like there was, he was your friend, but at the same time, he was the head coach. So there was still levels, right? You could be $200 million Larry and, you know, $20 million Bruce, but Bruce was still here. He knew that, right? He could be your friend off the field and on the field, but at the same time, he would let you know <laughs> when you messed up.
0: Yeah. No, that's, you know what? I'm going to say no comment. We're going to leave the podcast with that. You know why? They've heard it too much from me already. And the <laughs> fact that my boy BG comes on and mirrors it, there's no better way to leave a draft day podcast. Follow him at Brit Golden on Twitter. Dude, thanks so much for doing this. I really appreciate it. No doubt. It. You better uh, have
1: Twitter attacking me over this, though. I, I,
0: that's on you. I didn't say I didn't. You said what you said. <laughs> uh, the draft is tonight or tomorrow, depending if you're watching or listening. Uh, thanks for making Locked on Cardinals your first listen each and every day, free and available on all platforms. Make your second listen Locked on NFL Draft. Ryan Tracy, Eric Crocker, they got the goods. Check them out. As we go up to draft day and the first pick for the Arizona Cardinals, Cross your fingers. Do what you got to do. Zion Johnson, 23 overall. Book it. Alex you locked on Cardinals. I'll talk to you tomorrow.